and thank you for listening to the Life with Behavior Analysis podcast in conjunction with the ABA Task Force. I'm your host, Ms. J, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Let's dig in and do life together with behavior analysis. Welcome and Happy New Year. Thank you for tuning in to the Life with Behavior Analysis podcast in conjunction with the ABA Task Force. Today we have our extinguished guests back with us to talk about employees, the hiring, training, and developing of leaders. So please welcome back Ms. Lakeisha Cobbs-Hayes, Jennifer Eaton, Mariah Half, and Jessica File. Everyone, round of applause virtually. Yay! I'm so excited about this talk because... You know, you hear the old adage, you know, good help is hard to find. Um, And we know that there's a high turnover in this field. Just it seems like it's the nature of the field, unfortunately. So I would like to start out by just talking with you guys about what do you look for in your employees? What are you looking for in your RBTs versus your BCBAs, your different levels of staffing? Um, just things like that. What are the first things that you're looking for? And anybody can just go ahead and jump in and get the conversation started. Man. <laughs> well, that's a, I mean, that's that's pretty deep. Um, I guess I can start. Uh, I think for our RBTs and, you know, I think honestly just a willingness. <laughs> like just, first of all, come in. <laughs> Right. A willingness to come in and be open to changes, to be open, to be adaptable, um, uh, to be open to learning and continuously learning, I think, for us, because this is not just an area where they're going to just come right in and, you know, and I teach you something and that's all you need to do. Like it's, it's an area of wanting to continuously learn Mm -hmm. uh, at least for RBTs. Um, As far as BCBAs uh, for me, I'm looking for someone that uh, has leadership skills. Right. Uh, They are um, open to teaching because this that is a teaching position and making sure that you know and also managing so we're looking for managerial skills uh so I I think I'll stop with those two because I'm sure there's some more but uh I I definitely look for um uh leadership qualities as far as being very decisive, mm-hmm. making sure that they are to where I, I'm not a micromanager. I think I've probably said that before and I'll say it again 50 million times. <laughs> so I need you to be uh, self-motivated uh, right. and also be able to uh, have great self-management uh, qualities so that, you know, I don't have to come looking for you. So those are some of the things that I'm looking for as far as uh, RBTs and BCBAs. Great, ladies. Um, any other qualities that you're looking for in your RBTs and your BCBAs? Yeah, we look for commitment to the field. Yeah, mm, that's good. Really looking for whether you're RBT or BCBA, somebody who's really committed to the field and looking to develop themselves as long as, as well as you know their skills. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, similar to Lakeisha, all of those things, leadership, you know, accountability, time management, but I also think, you know, a willingness to adapt culturally aware and sensitive, Mm. um, hard, you know, data driven, 
but I think for us really is also building strong relationships with our families mm-hmm. um, and a willingness to be flexible in a variety of situations. You know, there's certain clients that, you know, you have to be more sensitive to certain things, culturally speaking, versus, you know, other clients that you may not mm-hmm. have to be. And I think being very sensitive to that, um, you know, we just went through a whole modified extinction program and, you know, an extinction is a very, sorry, I digress a little bit, but, you know, we all know what extinction is. And, you know, we had to kind of adapt to what the family wanted us to do because they weren't comfortable with that level of intervention. And, you know, we met as a team to discuss how it could look and how we could meet the family where they're at and how we could make these changes and still do what's in the best interest of the family and of the child. Um, And just really having that, that, eager and that desire, eagerness and desire Mm -hmm. to continue to learn as you evolve and be flexible based on the needs of not just your client, but the needs on, of your family's client's family. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, um, And accountability. I mean, I Mm -hmm. love when I don't have to ask anyone to do something and it's already done. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) So happy. (laughs) So, yeah, that's us. Awesome. Miss Jessica? For, yeah, for us, it's it's kind of a little bit like um, what Lakeisha had said is just that, um, like that dependability, that openness um, to try something new. We are in a, what I will call more rural area. So mm-hmm. we don't have any universities around. We, uh, we don't have college kids um, in the sense of like, big places like LA and San Diego and, you know, some of those other bigger cities. And so a lot of our client or, uh, staff are going to be high school graduates or maybe in community college. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not likely generally they're just somebody who's probably out doing retail. And those are the people that um, we have available here. Um, and so we're looking for people who are just open to working with kids, open, to being silly, to trying right. something new, and to learning. Because for pretty much every new employee we hire, this is this is something brand new to them. They've never done it before. Um, it's rare that we have an opportunity to get somebody in who has done this before, unless they're coming, you know, from another agency or they moved mm-hmm. to the area something like that. Um, so a- as long as they're willing to learn and they're respectable and, um, and they just have that openness, that's really, really what we're looking for. Um, and then we rarely hire uh, BCBAs from outside our, our company. We are working really hard to grow our own BCBAs. Uh, and so, and then there's just not a lot of BCBAs here. Right. They are, right. are here. They are working for the school districts and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, because that always pays a lot more. Um, and so we we just work really hard on on investing into our staff so that they do become those really great, dependable, you know, self-initiating BCBAs. So that's kind of how how it goes awesome. here. Awesome. So we looked, we talked about, you know, some of the things that we look for in our RBTs and our BCBAs. Okay. That could be said for almost any agency in the greater U.S. and going forward um, and other places. But what are some of the questions that you guys ask? Like, say I'm a brand new company. I'm always going to revert back to I'm a brand new, you know, BCBA having my own company. And 
I am looking for an RBT. I'm looking for a BCBA to help me grow my company, but I don't know what kind of questions I should be asking of the potential new hires. Like, what are some of the things that you guys go to, uh, some questions that you go to, to kind of vet out the applicants that you have? We can go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're on mute too, so we just don't interrupt while the other person is speaking. So, um, well, we, you know, there's several things that we ask, but one of the kind of selling points for us is uh, oftentimes in an interview process, we will create scenarios mm-hmm. and we will review, we'll, we'll kind of send them to the clinician RBT VCA in advance for mm-hmm. them to review. And then we can either discuss it in person or we'll have them send us a written response. Um, There'll be real kind of real case scenarios of things that we've experienced just to kind of see what their kind of initial reaction would be to that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, on top of that, you know, where do you see yourself in this field? Right. Um, Why, what draws you to this field? What is your commitment to this field? What is your experience in you know, with ABA, obviously, and children, what's your comfort level with certain age groups. Um, So there's a lot of various things, but we really like the scenario based because we've had situations where we thought we had the, you know, best applicant. Right. but you know, when it came down to it and they were on the front lines, they're what they had told us they're able to do. They were not able to back up with actions. Okay. So I think it's really important to see, you know, not only what they can do theory wise, Mm -hmm. then also to put them, you know, kind of with clients to see how they interact with that client. We've had different phases where we'll bring them in and phase one is the scenarios. Okay. Phase two is let's meet the client and see how well you can before we even hire you. And because we're small, we're able to do that. Yeah. Um, and it works, it's worked well in the past, but we don't always get an opportunity to do that. Yeah. Just because it's so, you know, theory versus application is such a different, um, it's just very different altogether. Right. It is. Like to make sure that the combination of the two are very strong. And um, this is a think on your feet type of job. Yes, <laughs> it definitely is. <laughs> so you guys, if I, if I, missing forgetting who is who please forgive me um clinic based home based home based -based. so how does that work for you guys having that that second um phase where they actually meet the client how receptive are your families to having this new random person come in to kind of see how they're going to be with their child well, by the time we get to the point where we're ready to add an RBT to our team, the families mm-hmm. are already in agreement that they're ready to expand. So okay. sometimes we are, um, you know, letting them know verbally what the application process is like. And then we give the family an option. Would you like them to come in and do a second phase? Um, and we always get signed consent. And Usually they do. Yeah. Usually they okay. do. Um, and yeah, they're pretty receptive to it. Um, we usually have them meet on neutral territories, so maybe the like park. not at the home, right? The park, so it's a little bit less intimidating, right? Um, usually, you know, we're there with them as well, so that they feel comfortable, both the family and the RBT. Uh, it, it may not even be an RBT; it may be somebody that's coming in with experience in the field that we're training to be an RBT, right? 
because um, a lot of the times we, a lot of the RBTs that we have, we've kind of trained from the ground up mm-hmm. they've experience in the field and they've been in the field, but kind of to fit kind of our model, I guess, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. And similar as Jessica said too, you know, our kind of, our expectation or hope really is that we can kind of mold them to be VCBAs within our company as right. well. So we're really looking for that long-term commitment. It's not always possible. We understand right. that. Um, but oftentimes we are looking, as we've probably said before, for people that are at least in somewhat of a related field, right? Right. So we've had several RBTs that have worked for us that have gone on to, you know, graduate school, mm-hmm. um, become an occupational therapist or et cetera. And they take these skills and apply them in that, uh, that arena. Domain. Yeah. yeah if you right. Will. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So that's kind of what we look for. That's interesting. Um, so I remember getting into the field myself. I had no idea what ABA was, never heard of it. Didn't know anything from a slice of bread. I was very green. So, <laughs> so I remember, you know, going into the agency that I worked, that I started with and telling them like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And they're like, just interact with the kids. And I was just like, oh, I could do that. That's easy. And went in, interacted with the kids, had a ball and slowly, you know, learned about ABA and fell in love with it. And the rest is kind of history. <laughs> but I don't remember. Uh, I remember the the lady that interviewed me saying that she was her son was uh, is on the spectrum. And she told me that the person that she's looking for is the type of person that she could trust her son with. And if she didn't feel that she was comfortable enough to trust this person that she's interviewing with her son or that she could trust this person to teach her son new skills, then they weren't going to be hired, which I thought was very telling. Um, And it made me feel kind of special that she hired me, (laughs) that, you know, that she would trust me with her child um, and and hire me to be an R, well, they wouldn't call RBTs back then, but an RBT. So for Miss Lakeisha, Miss Jessica, what kind of hiring questions are you guys asking or what kinds of, um, I guess, tests, if you will, are you guys putting out there to hire an RBT to hire a BCBA? I know for us, um, our questions are pretty interview standard, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, what experience do you have at ABA? What experience do you have of working with people that are, you know, developmentally disabled? Um, and it goes through, tell me about a difficult conversation. How do you handle challenges? I mean, mm-hmm. so our, our, our basic information is really just just that it's mm-hmm. very basic um and then we also go through one or two scenarios on how to play and right. maybe have them you know demonstrate okay I'm a child I'm having a tantrum what would you do and I give them no basis on what to do because I want to see instinctually mm-hmm. like what they will do and so for me it's just kind of a telltale on do you have it or does it need to be taught right and so because we have so many people coming in for interviews, I I, I am uh, hesitant to say that, I mean, not hesitant, but we do not treat them any differently. And typically it goes through the, 
you know, um, HR person, and uh-huh. then maybe one of our staff maybe does the interview. So, and then on the flip side of that, though, when I do interview for the mid-level staff mm-hmm. is I interview them. Mm-hmm. And so um, if they are able to come back, we have them do an assessment. Mm-hmm. So then I have them do an assessment of evaluate program planning. I have them evaluating data and then creating their own graph. And so that's an area that we use for our mid-level staff. And as far as BCBAs, it's really just, are you a good fit for our company? And what right. is it need from us and mm-hmm. what is it that we need from you and you know it's almost like a negotiation type deal it's kind of like all right let's sit down to the table tell me a little bit about yourself what is your plans what do you mm-hmm. want to go what do you want to do um and we've had several people come in where it's been I want to open up my own ABA company. Is that something that's going to compete with what you have going on? And the answer is always no. Mm-hmm. And for me, I teach you how to open up your own ABA company. So this is a great time for me to, for you to come in where I can give you some information and some skills. You just mm-hmm. need to be more proactive about asking for what you need. Right. And so um, for us that, that those I guess those areas are very standardized uh, within our company. So as as far as RBTs, I know when I first, first started, it was really just, it was the same process. Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting questions. So I look for questions on the internet. Right. (laughs) Of how yeah, that's the best place to look. <laughs> uh, I joined the ABA Business Builders Group and they had questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's almost like you almost have to go in and try to figure out what's your style and what you're looking for. And unfortunately, it's kind of really hard to kind of get too personal because mm-hmm. people come and go. And I think especially, and I want to say this just kind of cautiously, especially when you're starting up, is you do all of the little extra stuff mm-hmm. and then those people don't stay and then you're heartbroken right. um, because you invested so much time and asking right. all these questions and you're just like, oh my God, you're a perfect fit. And then boom, all right, I'm out. And you're just like, wait a minute. So I think that's how we got to the more of a standardized, like everybody is almost cookie cutter. These are the questions, you know, and then there's just a process. Um, on the back end, though, of what we do, and this may be going into a later question, is when they come on, then they are paired with their supervisor and their BC, mm-hmm. and their supervisor stays with them for three sessions, their first three sessions. Okay. The first okay. session they're watching, the second session is a combo, and then the third session you're off on your own. And so then it changes and then we get to see what those people are doing mm-hmm. and how they're interacting. And by that point, you're either gonna either say you want to be here and learn or you're gonna uh, pretty much phase yourself out. So so I'm gonna ask you the same question that I asked um I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, so how do, with the three, the three days that your staff, your new staff is with a supervisor, how do families uh, kind of take that into consideration? Like how do are your families responding to this new person potentially being in their home or in the clinic with their child, 
versus them not knowing whether or not they're going to be a long-term employee or not. Well, we told them from the start that we don't, we can't make anybody stay just like we can't make them stay. Right. So this is the at will state. And so who we get is who you get now in the interim. You can definitely let us know if it's not working and we'll, we will train, have mm-hmm. a meeting, train. And if it's still not working, then we replace. And so it's not really technically you know, I don't want to say it's not really an option, but it's just the process. So mm-hmm. they don't know. We tell our families, hey, we're getting people in as we can. We can't guarantee that they'll stay for long periods of time. We understand, you know, um, uh, the the process and your frustration and or um, concern. However, they don't necessarily know a lot of our families don't necessarily know that that person is new unless we tell them. Right. right. So they're not going to know like, oh my gosh, we're having somebody brand new come into the home. Everybody is treated the same way, whether they've been with us. Anytime we're starting up a new program or a new um, BI to a new, um, and I say BI because that's what we call them, but RBT to uh, and with a new client, mm-hmm. then it's the same process that that person is with them those three days. Okay. We, we don't just be like, oh, okay, you've been with us for a while. Go work with this family because it may be different. Gotcha. So, gotcha. So we don't, we don't necessarily, I think, you know, we've had some parents, um, like I know we had one parent <laughs> and she was just like, well, are they certified RBT? Well, we're in California and we don't have to certify uh, right. RPTs or BI, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them. Um, and so we don't have any cert- certified RBTs. Now, mm-hmm. it's not that they don't, you know, have the opportunity to be certified. Right. We don't technically have one. And so um, that was her concern. Well, I want somebody with experience. And I was like, well, we have someone with experience that we're putting on your case, but mm-hmm. they're not and she was and she elected to go somewhere else and i i am a big proponent of maybe this is not the place for you and that's okay right right i'm all right with that so (laughs) i'm all right with it right you know if if this is not a good fit then you know right away and you go somewhere else that may be able to help you i mean there's 50 million aba companies especially where i am right right okay i like the three-day thing that I like that because um, it makes the family, well, to me, it would make the family as well as your staff comfortable with going into a new home, going into a new, it's okay, <laughs> going into a new home, going into a new situation that they're not familiar with. I like that. So, Miss um, Jessica, I'm asking you the same question, of course. So what are some of those hiring questions that you're asking of your potential RBT, your potential BCBA? Uh, so we have a, a very general, I think we have maybe 10 questions that we ask in the first interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just kind of our interview to work on kind of weeding people out, the ones mm-hmm. who we say they've worked with children, but maybe they really haven't. Or, you know, some right. of the things that they will sometimes put on their resumes or say when they talk to us. Um, and then during the interview, it kind of comes out, oh, well, it's only like this one time I did this one thing. <laughs> Um, And so we kind of use that um, at the end of our interview, we have this really fancy question that we kind of throw at them at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of, um, 
what, what's the word? It's just kind of, I think, shocking or they mm-hmm. just they don't know what to do all of a sudden. But it's really a chance for us to see, OK, this is a moment where you need to think on the fly mm-hmm. and do something. And we ask them uh, what their favorite animal is. And then we ask them to pretend to be that animal um, once they answer us. Nice. And so, <laughs> Um, there's like a, a, an explanation afterwards, but we kind of write down and we just see what they're going to do. Um, you know, and some people will get really into it and some people are like, you know, rah, rah, you know, like, and it's like, okay, you're not good at playing with kids. Um, and so, and a lot of it is like, we're, you know, people are going to be watching you. Parents are going to be watching you. Right. Uh, to be able to play with kids no matter who is looking that's um, true and and you've got to be able to switch back and forth because mm-hmm. you're going to go from pretending to be a dinosaur with a child and then parents are going to ask you a question and you're going to have to explain to them why you're pretending to be a dinosaur and what you're right. teaching um and so that's kind of one of our our questions that really kind of leads people out and just to kind of see where where they stand uh then we do a second interview mm-hmm do well um we do a second interview and we call them back in we have a couple of more um questions oh in the first interview we also do some scenarios mm-hmm. um and then in the second interview it's very much more specific to um to like the kids and working with kids and okay. playing with kids mm-hmm. uh, and we do kind of like a role play situation we pull out a like a stuffed animal we have some toys that they can choose from we're like okay I need you to show me how you would play with this kid they're you know they're three years old and you know they can talk to you or they can't talk to you or right. you know whatever here's some things go play and let us see how you do um and then some people are just really stiff when they do it. And some people are like really getting into it. And we can mm-hmm. kind of see some of the things that, that are natural to them. So mm-hmm. say they pretend to read a book and then they start like labeling things in the book or they ask the kid a lot of questions or they're, um, they're just, just tacting a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Then we know, okay, you're going to be more engaged and you're going to be doing a lot of that talking that mm-hmm. we really need when you're in session but then if they're super quiet we're like okay well either you're going to need to have some help learning how to play Mm -hmm. or this might not be a good idea for you um so when it comes to to hiring and and the the questions those are really the ones that I think help us decide you know who's um you know going to be good to come in gotcha So, so for you do you guys have your potential uh, RBTs or potential BCBAs interact with the kids um, prior to being hired? Or is that an after hiring that you have them interact? It's it's always an after hiring because our, our clients are in home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we once we decide to hire them, we uh, start out with a one day, usually a Saturday training mm-hmm. um, just kind of give them a lot of the, the basics, the basics on ABA. Mm-hmm. And then pretty quickly after that, we go through about a two-week period or 10 sessions mm-hmm. of in-home training. And okay. so they are training with another RBT. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're just kind of shadowing, like a job shadowing kind of thing. Okay. Uh, so pre-COVID, we were able to allow them to see different RBT like trainers that we had and then mm-hmm. um, different kids. Right. Now we're only letting new people see one person, one kid. Right, right. Um, but uh, we like to be able to give them a variety of experiences. So they're kids with different levels um, of needs. They're in different parts of their programming. Mm-hmm. Some can 
really new. Some kids might have been with us for a couple of years. Um, you know, ages are different, like the babies or we've got the right. five-year-old know whatever um and so they have an opportunity to kind of see that and we've got a whole training curriculum for them where they kind of got to progressively do more and more in the session by Mm -hmm. the end of it they're running the entire session themselves and they've got to they've got to pass a test and that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff um if they don't it's not like we say okay bye um we give them more training and Mm -hmm. and help them but um we haven't really had anybody not do well if they are not doing well they end up leaving before we have okay. to let them out. So okay okay kind of realize like yeah maybe i i don't like this right <laughs> <laughs> okay so i like the 10 day thing as well having that shadowing experience um so as a new business owner or looking to hire staff do you guys offer any incentives for new hires do you um how do you kind of combat the turnover that's kind of a part of the job? We don't have any incentives. I'm just going to put that out there. (laughs) Okay. There are zero incentives outside of uh, come work and have work. (laughs) Right. So I don't know about anybody else, but... We'll go. Um, We, you know, we don't have any like initial kind of incentives, you know, like Mm -hmm. additional sign on or anything like that. Um, But, you know, we offer BCBA supervision. Okay. And with our training process, we we really tend to have our RBTs have a minimum of two supervision sessions a week. and it may not be just supervision. It may be them shadowing one of us as well with a different mm-hmm. client. And so they're getting that observational kind of learning, I guess, if you will. Mm-hmm. So our RBTs that are BCBAs in training and also RBTs in training, mm-hmm. really, um, they go through, I mean, I probably at least a month of, you know, vigorous sessions back to back with all mm-hmm. of us. And they train with various clients, various um, BCBAs, ourselves included and mm-hmm. others. Um, they get to observe speech, OT, so they get a lot more front-loaded, I guess, if you will. Okay. Um, one-on-one training. One, yeah, and one-on-one yeah. training kind of initially, and then okay. we ask them kind of what they're looking for in training too, mm-hmm. right? Because um, some of our RBTs and staff have come from other companies and shared things that they like, shared things that they don't. So we always, we always want to know what works for them and how we can work with them. Right. So it's a very collaborative approach. Um, and I like, you know, I think we like to see them as, is our, is our family members. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, they are team members. They are, uh, working with clients, for, you know, for us, I guess, if you will, but we mm-hmm. really see it as a familial approach. Um, and we, like we said earlier too, we want them to grow within our company. So we mm-hmm. want them to feel as supported and, um, trained and skilled mm-hmm. as possible. I mean, I must, we must have several group chats. So many group chats. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I need today. This is what I didn't do today. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think adding that. And extra constant look- access to us. I feel okay. like yeah. it's one of the things that we offer our clinical team members is mm-hmm. a lot of times when you come into a company, the owner isn't as accessible. Right. As, right. You know, the 
clinical manager or the supervisor. Well, that is us. We are both. Right. So as but it's own- because we're so small, right? Yeah. We mm. only have, I mean, I maybe eight clients. I don't think we'll ever really have more than 10. I mean, because mm-hmm. you keep hiring, which, which eventually is kind of like a long-term thing. But for now, like we, we really like staying small and, mm-hmm. and knowing every single one of our clients and every single one of the therapists is working with them. Awesome. Um, they have access to us whenever they need us. Yeah. So, that's good. Yeah, maybe that's, Oh, we're a little different. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. I mean, because it is true. It is true that with the bigger companies, you don't see the CEO, you don't see the president or whatever title that they have, or you don't, you rarely see your own supervisor who is your direct contact because they have a caseload of 2 million. So, <laughs> so it's good to have that access to, that person that could, you know, kind of give you guidance and give you help when you need it. And because we are working with our clients ourselves, we can help that RBT like, Oh, I Mm -hmm. I came across that problem yesterday. This is what I did. Right. Right. Yeah. And a lot of our, um, RBTs and BCBs that work with us have, that's kind of been a number one complaint is lack Mm -hmm. of supervision. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think that's just across the board in general with ABA. Yeah. Um, And I think we really take our responsibility serious as training the next level generation of BCBs, Mm -hmm. people that are in this field to really be able to carry out a quality based service and really have, um, not just the quality, but also the connection with the families. And like right. Jessica said, I love, like, can you play? I think I'm going to take that question. I love that. What's your favorite animal? That's so good. I, to be it. I love it. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, that would have saved me so much time. <laughs> um, but now we know. But now we know. Right. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but it's so true. You know, there are so many situations where, you know, we've even discussed like, some taking acting classes just to fake it till you make it because at the right. end of the day, you have to be able to play with these children. Right. Um, and again, as Jessica said, families are watching always. This is their yes. baby. You are yeah. a stranger in their house. You have to prove yourself. Right. And we, and that's okay. Right. I mean, right. my house has to prove themselves. Um, you're coming into my home as a stranger. I completely right. understand that. So we want to make sure that, not only the family, but the staff are really um, supported. Supported, right? And they can play like nobody's watching, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think that's a really big thing. Is that we sometimes in the process of programming and and doing all of these administrative tasks and doing all these things that sometimes it's like it's okay to just play. Yeah. It's okay to get on the floor, roll around like a crazy person, and make this kid laugh on top of teaching them whatever it is that you've programmed to teach them. So I think that some of the RBTs that just from my experience, they've, it's like, they're so um, anxious about, Oh, am I teaching this right? Or am I getting the data for this particular goal that they forget to enjoy the time as well and have the, the child enjoy their time with, with them. So Miss Jessica, same question for you. Um, it, are there any incentives or any um, just things that you guys offer your staff to kind of help with the turnover issue? Uh, yeah. So th- there are 
a small number of agencies here. Mm -hmm. And we know a lot about the very small number of agencies in this area. <laughs> okay. And so we knew exactly how to compete mm -hmm. um, with them. We knew what we had to do that was going to make us better or make people want to work for us mm -hmm. instead of somebody else. Um, and so some of those things are a good rate um, mm. of um, that is a big thing here. Um, and then we offer PTO, we offer holiday pay, um, which those aren't things that part-time people generally get. Mm -hmm. uh, we also, and these aren't like really um, like termed as incentives. This is mm -hmm. like this standard like mm -hmm. we this is kind of how we we tell the the new staff is this is what you're getting because you've decided to come work for us okay um along with the um availability of the supervision the bcba supervision for those pursuing bcba uh frequent contact with supervisors um which if they do come from another company that's one of their number one complaints is that mm -hmm. they never saw their supervisor um uh what else do we do we um we do outings for our staff pre-COVID. Can't have that. Oh, yeah, anymore. of course. <laughs> um, we would do outings for our staff where we would pay for things like um, we'd go to a baseball game or we would um, go bowling or we'd have like little parties and, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so we would do things like that for the staff. Um and then just really taking an active interest in them and their right. their education. Um, so our supervisors have worked really hard on getting to know um, our frontline staff, what mm -hmm. their desires are, where they want to go. You know, I, I have one supervisor that she's just amazing and is really, really invested in all the staff that she works with. And she has a list of what all of their, um, their interests are, what their educational interests are, their career aspirations. Oh, wow. And she's just really, really smart. And so so um, she tailors like her training for each of these people so that they can continue pursuing those goals. So even the biggest thing we tell our staff is even if you're not going to stay here with us, mm -hmm. we want you to do better. Um, right. we know you, you've worked with us and we want you to do well. And so if you want to go be an LCSW, then go be an LCSW. If you right. want to go be an OT, go be an OT. Um, but, you know, obviously you got to make money on your way there. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so working for us as long as you can is great. We actually had two years where we had 0% um, turnover. Wow, uh, that's great. We, we, our turnover is very, very low. That is um, awesome. And sometimes I kind of wonder, like, what is it that we're doing? Because I feel like it's not that different. But you're but being I, great. We just work really hard at maintaining that relationship with our with our staff and building that community, that family within mm -hmm. us. So, and I think my supervisor, I was just talking to her the other day and, and she said, one of the things that I think happens is that when we take such an interest in our staff, mm -hmm. even though we're telling them you don't have to stay here, makes them want to stay. Right, and right. Do. Because they're like, you care about me, not mm -hmm. just about making money or whatever. Right, right. Not just um, the billable hours. Yeah. Yeah. So those are kind of some of the things I, I wouldn't necessarily call them incentives, but that's just kind of what, what we do standard. I like that. I like that a lot. So I let's feel say. Like I need to amend oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> now that they have said all of this, I'm like, I, I was speaking directly to the higher on bonus, yeah. but. 
I'll, I'll go after you finish your question. No, go right ahead. Now. By all means. I was like, wait a minute. Now I sound like, like <laughs> a butthole company that doesn't do anything. But we do a lot of the stuff that they do, which is, the uh, you know, supervision and training mm-hmm. and, you know, um, all of the uh, almost not all of what they do. We mm-hmm. definitely <laughs> there's don't something there. Do a lot of outings or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we try to have something every year, and you know, community days and whatnot. Um, so that's that's what I did want to say. I was like, ooh, that sounds like I was just like, <laughs> no, nah, we don't do nothing. So yes, it's, it's, we don't have any sign on bonuses. Is gotcha. what I was going to say. But yes, you can definitely come in and get supervised. You can definitely Excellent. come in and you know, um, making sure that. We have trainings every month. So mm-hmm. we do a BI training every month um, for two hours. And so that is ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, you know, just your typical, I, I think most companies probably do this. You kind of have like a community day or whatnot. So I like the idea of your supervisor doing all of those. So I was like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's- Maybe that's amazing having them be like hey what do you like <laughs> yeah like I think I'm gonna as a supervisor I'm gonna start doing some of that stuff myself <laughs> I'm still I'm just gonna let you know I'm stealing ideas I'm just pulling them out of everything that you guys say I'm stealing ideas um, um something too really quickly mm-hmm. Lakeisha say like and, and really for everyone like and as Jessica said like I don't think we see them as incentives I think we right. see of the package right, right. yeah i think that word might have kind of thrown you off a little lakeisha which is like oh absolutely <laughs> sorry it's just yeah, i was like there is no hiring bonus over here uh no, we, no. we want you to come and work because that's what you want to do right necessarily because i'm paying you to you know yeah. so i mean we do offer you know we give raises etc et but i mm-hmm. mean you know, those again that's kind of part of the package right right, right. um I think the the biggest kind of I love what Jessica said about that supervisor by the way, but I also think the biggest kind of incentive, if you will, especially for somebody staying in the field, is to learn from experts. I right, mean, right. I was a super nerd. I mean, I loved it. I, right. I up and like, give me more. I want to. <laughs> you know? And then having that access, like you said, mm-hmm. like that access is is key because even though I'm not technically in the field per se in all of my clients. Um, because I want to say we're a little over a hundred right now. So I can, there's no way that I can right. touch every single client. Um, but I make sure that the staff is seeing me all the time mm-hmm. and I go into, and I actually train, uh, two out of the four groups of BIs, you know, every month I kind of rotate, you know, mm-hmm. so they see me and so they know that I'm there. And then I absolutely train our, our mid-level staff and our BCBA. So I have, we have a lot of meetings, honestly. So our BIs are once a month mm-hmm. and it's at the first week of the month, every month, like clockwork. And then right. my mid-level tier, it's every three weeks. And I meet with them an hour at the, the second week of the month. And then for BCBAs, I meet with them once a month. And then mm-hmm. throughout all of this, we not only talk about, you know, clinical stuff, but we also talk about um, 
personal and how to have a balance of right, you know, right. and making sure that they're getting their needs and wants met because it's not about you know it's not a it, it, you're not going to be anything if you don't make sure that you're attentive to who you are and where you want to be so. that's true so that makes me ask you guys all right we've hired our new person bcba rbt whatever and now, how do you assess your staff to make sure that they are kind of working in and doing things the way that your company, uh, per your company vision, per your company um, standards? Um, because you have great incentives, you're, you're training. Like, I love the fact that you all have this amazing, like, training program, if you will, for your new hires. But once the training is over, how do you assess that they're still doing a great job per your company guidelines? We can go. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I took this idea from the first company that I started working with when I came to California. So it's kind mm-hmm. of an adopted process. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a level of comps. So comparatives to mm-hmm. your level one therapist, this is what you should know. So after working with us for six months, we'll mm-hmm. do a supervision session, we'll go through your comps, make sure that you're on track. You've passed level one, now we're moving on to level two. Okay. We can go to level three, which is about the BCABA level. Okay. Um, when you're BCBA, it's just we're using that that standardized checklist in the okay. um, list, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we, we give, um, again, sometimes we give access to that kind of in advance um mm-hmm. we feel mm-hmm. that some are a little bit nervous about it yeah sometimes they want it sometimes they don't it doesn't you know um I think there's also something to like seeing how they do without having access to it in advance but at the same time um we like to kind of give them that option but yeah we we've developed it based on our own kind of personal needs and um wants within our practice mm-hmm. and it's been it's been a good tool for us I yeah. think and um, it helps ma- maintain both the clinical playful, but also the administrative, making sure your data is reliable and valid. Right, right. So you're able to create those graphs for us when we need them. Right. Um, so, you know, doing a nice balance of both, because really in this, this industry, you have to have a nice balance of clinical and administrative to make yourself That's move true. forward. Yeah. So it's that kind of by task, if you will, some mm-hmm. of the task list, right? Okay. Um, so, yeah. That's been our useful tool. Okay. All right. I like that. Having a task list. So everybody's on the same page. Miss Lakeisha. So we um, just, we are most random audit (laughs) type people. Oh, goodness. Yeah. We are a random audit that pop up like, boom. Hey, how you doing? Let's go. Um, So we do that. I have the supervisors do that once a month to every person. Mm-hmm. Um, within their session, stay after 15, 30 minutes to kind of go over what they saw, what they didn't see. Mm-hmm. I audit when I do meet with my supervisors um, in that hour, I audit their actual program designs, their mm-hmm. VIPs and their schedule. And so I take that time. So once a month, we actually go through. So I don't necessarily have a specific checklist mm-hmm. per se, but I do go through and we go, okay, let's talk about this one client. Let me see what your schedule looks like. Um, do you have any questions? Is there anything that you feel like you need to know versus what, you know, I'm not telling you. And then, you know, I then fill in with whatever area of need that I feel like they need to know. Mm-hmm. And again, our BCBAs, um, 
I just meet with them once a month. And then whenever they need assistance um, or I see that maybe um, one of their uh, supervisors are struggling. So we mm-hmm. definitely have a hierarchy uh, system. And so we I haven't made any comps. Um, I don't know. I just I, me personally, I never like the feeling of comps. And so I just I, I probably just have been aversive to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just have an aversion. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, we right. give them the list of things that they need to do so that they can self-monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't necessarily go in and test. Um, but I, I do like the idea of handing it to them and being like, all right, let's see where you are versus, you know, let's do an IOA. And right. So that's what we've been toying around with the idea of how to become, you know, more um accountable to the person but not mm-hmm. necessarily having be an aversive situation right so right that you know it's probably just going to be an IOA so today we're going to take you know an IOA you tell me how you did I'm going to log how we were doing mm-hmm. well, let's go you know um and then see where the, the, the chips fall where they may right <laughs> <laughs> all right Miss Jessica How do you assess Uh, your employees once they've passed their training? Yeah, so so once they pass their training, um, generally at the four to six week mark, we have like a check-in with Mm -hmm. them, sort of an evaluation, but it's more more of a check-in where the staff get a chance to tell us like how they did, how they did during training, um, any any feedback that we can give them, things that they need to work on. Um, and we look at uh, trial counts and um, whatever goals that they had to work on um, through their training. And then uh, we'll give them a 90-day after that. So they'll have a 90-day actual evaluation. Um, and then after that, it's yearly. Um, and so at the 90 day, we look at their trial counts again, they'll usually Mm -hmm. have had goals from the one month Mm -hmm. where, you know, we need you to increase by this much and, um, or whatever it is. Uh, and we look at that, um, in addition to that, um, those goals are are told to the supervisor. So all supervisors know what each person's goal is mm-hmm. and what they need to do to reach it. So we keep that together for them. And then um, we do like a monthly checklist, mm-hmm. uh, what we call it. Um, and it's something that we've kind of developed based on, you know, what needs to happen during session. Mm-hmm. Uh, supervisor will go in there. We try to do it monthly or every other month for every person. Um, it's an involved checklist with lots of feedback and so sometimes it takes longer to be able to do it and and then you run out of time so we do it maybe every two months or so um but and then it just depends on the staff and how they like to receive feedback you know Mm -hmm. some staff really like feedback like they're in the moment they're like don't let me keep doing something wrong right and to tell me that I need to change something and then there's other people that if you interrupt them while something's happening like it completely throws them off off. right so we either they tell us because they know or they just don't know what works for them and we need to figure it out right um, figure out what's the best way to deliver that feedback for them um but that's kind of what we use it's, it's we rely on that monthly checklist and then when we do their yearly evaluations we have that data to look back on so we're not just looking at you know what's happened in the last three months mm-hmm. the year that you know at least four different checklists that they've had uh throughout the year okay um, so that's kind of what what we use I like that. I like that. So all of this data-driven decision-making, what we do, it's amazing. (laughs) Uh, So I have another question for you ladies. Um, 
we've talked about, you know, the hiring process. We've talked about after the training. Now, what about developing leaders? How do you go about developing leaders within your organization and not just your um, your RBTs who are looking to become BCBAs, but in general, like how, what tactics are you guys using? Um, I can start off. Uh, I think one thing that we do a lot of is really trying to see where people's strengths are. And Mm -hmm. when we're able to see their strengths, then using that to help them get better at whatever that area is. And so if they're really good, for example, at like running a social skills type of group, Mm -hmm. then we're going to gear them more towards that. If they um, are really good at, you know, maintaining organization and creating documents and things things like that, mm-hmm. then that's going to kind of be what they're geared more towards. Uh, towards. Um, the other thing that we do a lot of is we are constantly advocating for conference attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, luckily, we do have a university that's about an hour for, from us. Mm-hmm. And they have an annual conference. And so we pay for all of our, um, our mid-level BCBA and our, what we call them senior RBTs. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of those like upper level or like level three RBTs kind of thing um, where we pay for them to all go to that conference if they want to go. Um, awesome. and so uh, it's a one day conference, something really easy. It's, you know, it's an hour away um, and it's not anything too bad. And then we really push um, other conferences in the state, Calaba, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and whenever we, or really it's mostly me because I'm the one who's on Facebook looking at all of the ABA groups, um, <laughs> whenever I find out about any like free things going on, right. webinars, especially now there's tons and tons of webinars, um, we're letting them know, Hey, you know, there's this available or, or we know you're super interested in this. You should mm-hmm. check this out. Um, and just really keeping an eye on what everybody's interests are so that we can gear whatever we're, we're wanting to push them towards to mm-hmm. whatever it is that they are interested in. Okay. Cause then they're more likely to participate in it. So, right. That's true. If you're, if you have interest in it, that makes yep. sense. I like that. I like that a lot. So Miss Lakeisha, so you unmuted yourself. <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> I know what order we were going in. It's but, all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the things, well, not one. So in all of our meetings, what we do is we have different uh, skills that we're looking at. So we talk about, you know, procrastination and time management. And, mm-hmm. you know, we also right now with my mid-level tier, we're going through the 21 laws of irrefutable leadership. And mm, so yes. one of those laws probably every single time that we meet. And so Mm -hmm. listen to the information, we write about it, digest it, figure out how, and then we talk about how that applies to you and your typical, you know, in your personal life and how does it apply and how, and then also how can we use it Mm-hmm. with our families because you know the goal is to make sure that they are better leaders and better you know um, managers and also to kind of get them personally wherever they want to go as far as my bcba group right now we're getting ready to start and i need to send them their book but we're getting ready to start uh dare to lead by Brene brown okay uh, so 
it's it's more of a okay let's take the information that we're learning and how can we disseminate it across what we do on a regular basis um for my admin staff we even have um we have seven habits of highly effective people that we're going through right now Mm -hmm. and so um when we are so it's kind of a mix for us we go through um a little bit of you know clinical what do we need to know and then we also go through personal um motivation type things right um, things that are personal development and mm-hmm. how to become better people so it's and also for our rbts we also do a little bit of that i do it i try to do it every couple of months mm-hmm. just to make sure that you know we're all checking in making sure to relate this to regular life you know i right. I, I love aba but it is not my life right <laughs> Right. Oh, it is not. And it is not your life. And if you don't know how to explain it in applicable terms to Mm -hmm. the people that you're coaching and or training and or teaching, then it's not going to be relevant. Right. It's not going to last long. And so I try to make sure that, you know, everyone is taking the time to use the application of it and then apply it to real life because it is fixed. So that's one of the ways that we uh, definitely try to make sure that, you know, we're giving them the, that leadership um, areas and then allowing for them to shadow if they want, um, mm-hmm. especially the RBTs and see like, OK, what what does it take to be a BCBA? What does it take to get to the next level? Right. Um, so we're always asking around like, hey, where are you? I'm always giving them information about what's your next step. I'm always asking them, what's your next mm-hmm. step? Like, what do you want from here? I encourage each and every staff person I have to make sure that they're capitalizing on their particular strength because mm-hmm. their strength is what's going to make them money, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you feel like you're not in a great place, then let's figure out what that is for you. Where do you want to be? And let's figure out how to get you there. Right. And so um, that's our main goals for the company is making sure that you have a diverse background and Mm -hmm. as well as you know a clinical standing and you know exactly what you need to do and how you need to do it and if you need help then there's always someone right next to you so um that's always at the forefront of our mind okay I like that and I also like how you pull in um other non-ABA kind of um personal development uh, things to help develop your staff. Um, just FYI, though, Craig Brochelle has a great leadership podcast. You this is not Craig. a plug. Brochelle. <laughs> okay. It's G-R-O. Hold on a second. I will look it up really quick because I don't want to spell it wrong. And this is just a plug. Um, I'm not getting paid for this, so... <laughs> I just happened to listen to his podcast and it's it's a really interesting podcast, but um, it's Craig, G-R-O-E-S-C-H-E-L. Oh, okay. And um, he does a lot on leadership as well that, I mean, I, he's a pastor of uh, Life Church, mm-hmm. but he his podcast is mainly directly about leadership. Um, he does pull in some biblical principles every now and then, but for the most part, it's strictly... John Maxwell-esque in nature. I mean, like, that's really my my biggest platform is, you know, leadership in ABA. Mm -hmm. uh, Because I think it's like a huge uh, point that we're missing just in our field in general is one, that counseling portion, and then Mm -hmm. also 
how to be a leader because people are then pushed in positions where they have no understanding of what their position entails. Right, right. right. You're leading people. So I can give you ABA principles all day, but can you lead someone? And that's Mm -hmm. what I need you to know. How how are we having those difficult conversations? Right, right. If you can have those difficult conversations and you can navigate your way through, you know, talking to parents, parents are not interested in your ABA terms, right? Right. I I don't, I don't care about your ABA term. As a parent, you can take your ABA terms and shove it, but if you can apply it to me, (laughs) and you can tell me how this is going to work in my house in Mm -hmm. plain English and, you know, bring in some of those different principles and tying them together, then Mm -hmm. I can now understand and be a better parent right I now right. understand to be a better rbt a better leader you know right and i think and i'm sorry miss mariah and miss jennifer i swear i'm gonna get to you <laughs> but just speaking on leadership i think that it's an error that often happens where you pass the big exam and all of a sudden you're thrust into this position to be a leader to be a Um, to not only write the programs, but to facilitate that communication between the staff and the parents and the parents and the child and all of these different elements, but no one teaches you how to do it. So I think it's, I mean, we teach the AB, like you say, we teach the ABA stuff almost ad nauseum because it's like, this is what you need to know. This is what you have to have, but we forget, or we're not as, uh, I guess what, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Thank you. (laughs) We're not as cognizant of those other skills that need to be built as well within the supervision and all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm stealing that too (laughs) with the supervision, with my, um, my RBTs. It's like, we're going to read together some of these books. We're going to listen to these podcasts and discuss being a leader so yeah and in all honesty and i mean if anybody wants the 21 irrefutable laws you just go on youtube and he he literally talks every law is broken up which is so cool and that's why we're able to say okay you know what are what are we going to let's talk today about the law of the lid Mm -hmm. let's talk today about the law of leadership right Mm -hmm. let's talk today about the law of you know um I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but I mean, let's talk today about what that means. And okay, where are you? Mm -hmm. Right. Because the law of the lid will definitely tell you that you can't, you can't teach anything that you have no capacity or knowledge of. Right. Where are you as this individual that's supposed to nurture and teach, you know, Mm -hmm. um, family. So I can teach you about ABA, which is what's happening to our community is I'm teaching you about ABA, but I'm not teaching you about how to nurture your child in Mm -hmm. ABA because maybe I don't know those skills. Right. Right. Right? And that, and that's different. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I I have a different skill set where I am a parent and Mm -hmm. have been for a really long time. I'm also... (laughs) Right. Like my oldest is like 25. So I have 25 years of experience with right. six different personalities. Right. Um, <laughs> so you have that background. <laughs> yes. And I've been in education since I was 20. I was in early childhood development since mm-hmm. I was 19. So, I mean, like all of those things play a huge part in your ability to then teach and educate on right. what needs to happen as far as parent training, you know, and and 
all of those different things. So um, I'm very adamant about my staff growing, mm-hmm. right? Like you, like one of our values is growing, is right. that growth principle, is growth and collectivism and making sure diversity, like those are our core values. And I try to make sure that, you know, our staff emulate those things, mm-hmm. um, especially and not just growth in this field, but growth as a person. Right. What does that look like for you? Right. So. And sometimes we forget outside of being a BCBA, you're a whole individual. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Miss Mariah, Miss Jennifer, what um, kind of the things are you guys doing in your organization to develop and build leaders? We do a variety of things. Um, You know, I think, like, for me at least, I think teaching a leader means being a leader. Right. Knowing those skills to your, you know, staff that you are able to present with, but also have an expectation of that kind of development within themselves, right? Right. Um, We do a lot of video modeling Mm -hmm. where a lot of the, well, not a lot, the staff will either videotape them, we'll have a BCBA videotape a staff member and vice Mm -hmm. versa. Mm -hmm. Of assess the differences in approach and okay. what worked best, what we could change, mm-hmm. where the strengths were, where the weaknesses were, and then mm-hmm. we have conversations about it. Um, you know, again, falling into like the comps that we talked about too, mm-hmm. and that has leadership within it as well, right? Are you able to develop a program on your own? Are you able to look at an assessment and tell me what you, where you think this child should be going? Right. Can, you Can you write a goal? Can mm-hmm explain this to a parent in layman's terms right mm-hmm. but also why it's important right um, and then can you model it for them right can you communicate with parents can you lead a parent education ses- session um so there's a it's kind of multifaceted and I mm-hmm. feel it's constantly evolving evolving yeah. and ongoing right um, it's a lot how we it's a lot how we teach our kids you know right um, right teach our therapists too we we say it we show them and then they we have them do it right mm-hmm. so right. we make sure that they're included in those emails we make sure they're mm-hmm. on those phone calls so they're you know actively listening actively observing how we are um interacting with our families and how we're kind of approaching challenging situations that come up yeah. we don't just just the two of us and then pass it down to our rbts mm-hmm. we include them in that process with us yeah. that's awesome we have regular meetings where we meet with each team, each client, we discuss, you know, what's working, what's not working, what we can shift, um, goals that are met, goals that can be added. Mm-hmm. And we include all staff members on those meetings yeah. just because we feel it's important. Yeah. For right, to be right. Approach. Um, and we'll throw out kudos emails too, where it's like, hey, so-and-so just had their first solo session with this client. They did right. great. And we'll do it on a group thread. So everybody in our company is included. That's so there's a group contingency of, you know, that pat on the back that everybody needs in this field. Yeah. A lot of times isolated. Yeah. That's true. That's very true. Especially being in home. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's important too, like, like everyone else has been touching on is like, can you apply this in real life? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's part of being able to explain this in just everyday terms as part of the tasks, task list for mm-hmm. a reason. Right. You know? walk into a client's home and, you know, like Lakeisha said, throw out all these ABA terms and look like you know what you're doing, but 
they don't care. Like, right. <laughs> they want to know how you do it. Yeah. They right. want to see an action. They want to see you apply these skills. They want to right. see, see their child growing. That's right. Um, and so, you know, I think that's also something within our practice that's really important as well is throw the terms or keep the terms to yourself. Right. 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 Show us how you do it and show the parent how to do it. Right. Um, that's really, really important, I think, in leadership, just in general in ABA, because, right. you know, the whole goal is for us to shape lives. Right. And, and, you know, that really comes from a desire to to really want to help that family and, and be able to implement these skills ongoing. Right. And so that's kind of how we develop our leaders. Like I said, I'm stealing things from each person that I'm going to use. <laughs> so, <laughs> so one more question and then we will get out of here. What do you, as a, as a business owner, what have you seen as barriers to hiring and having, and just having your staff grow? Are there any barriers that you see out there and what do you do when you re, when you hit that barrier? Well, <laughs> that is a, that is a really good question. I mean, there's a lot of barriers. I think the main barrier is being a business owner's owner is keeping your feelings to yourself, mm. uh, because you can become intertwined with the people that work with you, and mm-hmm. you want to you want the best for them, and so right. you're just like, no, stay with me, you know. Um, but the the whole thing is you definitely have to detach and it depends mm-hmm. on what kind of business that you're trying to grow. Right. Um, I think we talked about last time that I've, I've definitely built my business to scale that mm-hmm. was purposeful. Right. And so in the hiring process, what I found is every time that I needed to transition to not necessarily being in the field, you know, that, that transition is hard. Mm-hmm. Like I don't necessarily see clients on a regular basis. Now I see clients that basically if I want to, and maybe to start them off or if they're specifically coming to me mm-hmm. you know, for services and I know that, you know, they're looking for me, but then eventually it's also still getting transitioned out, mm-hmm. you know, pretty quickly. So, and that's, that's from the jump. Um, and so Having, you know, those boundaries in place mm-hmm. um, are are key and making sure that, you know, there's a hierarchy, mm-hmm. right? So there's there's people that you talk to before you get to me, right? right. Um, and making sure that, you know, our staff understands that um, and making sure that, you know, everybody understands the, the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, that's been the biggest uh the biggest back, you know, like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. You know, <laughs> it's just the transitioning of different um, avenues of power, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that would be my, our biggest boundary as far as staff is concerned is I, I was having an issue early on where the staff would come directly to me and they'd skip over all of the people in the mm-hmm. middle mm-hmm. They'd go to scheduling and then scheduling is going to talk to HR and HR is going to then talk to me, but right. they're, um, you know, here to here. And I have to be like, you know what, that's a really good question. You need to go talk to so-and-so. Right. So giving other people the authority you know, before they come talk to you. Right. Um, 
And then, of course, just the turnover, just okay. knowing that it's natural and it's not anything that you're doing or your company is doing. It's just right. you know, other people have lives and they have different avenues of what they want to what they want to do. Right. Right. So I think that's that's probably the biggest thing for us. OK, that makes sense. Miss Jessica, Miss Mariah, Miss Jennifer, what do you see as barriers for growing your business, having employees? Um, I think I, I agree with Lakeisha in terms of that. Um, there's my dog. Um, <laughs> having that, I guess, that that boundary, mm-hmm. um, that understanding. I take um, personal interest and personal investment in all of my employees. I feel, I, I honestly, I feel personally responsible for them, for their ability to take care of their families and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And so when something happens... And I can't give them the hours or, you know, we lose a client or, you know, or whatever the issue Mm is. Um, I feel personally responsible for that. And so figuring out how to um, how to detach a little bit Mm -hmm. without losing that sense of of family atmosphere that we've built. Right. is probably the the biggest um, barrier for us. I think when it comes to just like hiring and training and all of that, everything seems to be falling into place the way it needs to be for us. Good, that's um, good. We're, we're, we've grown to kind of where we want to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not looking to get any bigger. We're not looking to get any smaller. Right. Um, we, we like where we're at right now. Um, and so uh, just kind of maintaining that, that's, that's kind of where we're at right now. Okay. Okay. Um, so as long as I don't, um, as long as I don't get too attached to my staff, it's right. so hard when um, you you hire somebody or you work with a new family and you mm-hmm. start to know them and you're like, darn, I really wish I could be your friend. Right. You know, like, oh my gosh. It's so hard. <laughs> um, right. And it's like in another life. Uh, right. But um, you know, just kind of working, working with that and, 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 you know, maintaining those boundaries because having those clear boundaries is going to be important as you continue, continue that professional relationship. Right. So. That makes sense. That makes sense. Cause you do get attached. You can't help it because we're human. <laughs> what about you guys? I mean, kind of all of the above, really. Yeah, right. I mean, I think it's similar across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think one of, and also finding quality staff, right. 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 Um, and ensuring that they're a good fit for your company and mm-hmm. that there's going to be some type of longevity there, but again, you can't ask people to stay forever. You can't predict the future, but, right. um, you know, you hope to provide the best that you can in order of support and training and that mm-hmm. they want to be with you. And, um, yeah, so I think it's kind of very similar to what everyone else has said, to be honest. Awesome. Yeah. Well, everybody, thank you again for being a part of the Business Roundtable, talking about employees today. I hope that for those listening that this was really helpful because we're going to do it again next month, but we're going to talk about something different. <laughs> so um, I just want to thank everybody. Like I said, you guys are amazing. I've taken a lot, even though I'm not planning on opening a business anytime soon, I've taken a lot of what you said that I can apply just to my everyday um, 
kind of interaction with my staff, with uh, those that I supervise. Like this was a really good conversation. So thank you as always. And for those listening, make sure that you like, subscribe and share this podcast episode. If there are any questions that you have for our panelists or if there's any questions that or things, topics that you want to us to broach upon uh, through the business roundtable, please, by all means, email us at podcast at lifewithaba.com or check us out on social media at Life with ABA um, or Life with Behavior Analysis. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Life with behavior analysis podcast don't forget to subscribe and share also make sure you check out our website for more content see you next time bye